beautiful singing young ladies. Thank you so much for that song. Walk on, walk on. That's a daily life song right there. I like that a lot. If you have your Bibles and you're in in school chapel, so you should have your Bibles, I want you to go over to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 16. I want to say what an honor it is to, to preach chapel. When pastor asked me to do it, I never take it lightly. I always, uh, there's always something that's a little bit, a um, little bit intimidating about it, but always something that's, that is exciting about it, because I don't know what God wants to do this morning. I can tell you this, God gave me the message that I'm going to be preaching this morning about three or four weeks ago, long before pa- it was laid on pastor's heart to ask me to preach this, and I was originally going to preach this message in junior church, but the more that I began studying it, the more that God just said, you know what, put a pin in that, I'll let you know when I want you to preach it. And I was trying to mind the Lord yesterday, and he kept leading me back to this thought. So I hope it'll be a blessing to you. I don't know how long it will be, all right? I might be tall, but usually I'm not long, all right? There's a difference. There's a big difference. And I'll try not to be very long this morning. I learned well enough that if you... It's like when you're drilling for oil, right? When you drill for oil, you drill down and drill down and drill down. Sometimes you find oil, sometimes you don't. So someone wise once told me, if you're, if you're preaching... It's like drilling for oil. If you don't get strike oil in the first 15 minutes, stop boring. <laughs> Just stop boring, gall together, close it down, go home. But I think when we're going to God's word today, we'll get something real good for us. Uh, Luke chapter 16, hopefully I gave you enough time to get there. If you are there, let's all stand across the building this morning out of reverence for God's word. We're going to pick up in the middle of Christ's teaching here. These are the words that Christ was teaching in Luke chapter number 16. He's instructing his disciples, as you can see in verse number 1. But we're going to jump in at verses 10 through 13. I'd like to focus there this morning. Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 10. Listen to the words of the word of God. The Bible says this, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. I'll say that one more time. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. For a few moments this morning, I want to look at a phrase that Jesus mentions in verse number 10, when he said, he that is faithful, notice those next few words, in that which is least. For a few moments this morning, I'd like to preach just on that thought, that which is least. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to go to a Christian school. Lord, we'll talk about this in a few moments, but Lord, what a blessing it is to not have to be taught the world's philosophies and the world's deceptions, the lies of the devil, the subtlety of the flesh. Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning as we dive into your word. Help me, Lord, to make this as simple as I possibly can. 
to use words that are easily understood. Lord, hide me behind the cross of Christ that only you are seen this morning and only your words are heard this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. By way of introduction this morning, I want to remind everyone at Calvary Baptist School, from the smallest of students to the oldest of teachers, that God sees everything. God sees everything. And you can sum up that statement with three other statements. Statement number one, every action, great or small, your heavenly Father sees them all. Every action, great or small, your heavenly Father sees them all. How do we know that, Brother Caleb? Well, if you go over to Proverbs chapter 15, you don't have to for sake of time, but Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Boys and girls, you may think that you get away with an action because a teacher didn't see it, or a friend didn't see it, or a classmate didn't see it, maybe mom or dad didn't see it, but can I tell you this, God's eyes are throughout the entire earth, not just seeing the good, but also seeing the bad. I said statement number one. Every action, great or small, your heavenly Father sees them all. But can I say statement number two? Every word, great or small, your heavenly Father hears them all. I find it fascinating, Sebastian, that the God of heaven would stoop down his ear to listen to us. He stooped down his ear, Cason, to hear the prayer of Elijah on top of Mount Carmel. To hear his prayer and send down fire. And yet the same God who lowered his ear to hear Elijah also lowered his ear to hear the wicked cry of Sodom and Gomorrah. What am I saying? I'm saying every word, even every idle word, your heavenly Father hears them all. Statement number three. Every thought, great or small, your heavenly Father knows them all. You say, every word, yes, Brother Caleb, every action, Brother Caleb, but every thought? God can read my mind? What does the Bible say about that? Proverbs 21, verse 3, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. I'll go one step further. 1 Chronicles 28, 9 says this, the Lord searcheth the hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. Say, Billy Caleb, I only thought it. I didn't actually do it. God still saw it. God still knew it. God still heard it as if you had shouted it on a bullhorn. God still knew that thought. God knows everything. You and I have a heavenly father who sees every action, who hears every word, and who knows your every thought. Can I say it bluntly? You can't hide anything from him. This morning, he knows you better than you know yourself. You're not hiding anything from God. Can I say this? People have tried. Just because you can't hide anything from God doesn't mean people haven't tried in the past. How about you ask Jonah? Jonah, how did that work out for you? You tried to hide from God. You tried to run from God. You tried to head in the opposite direction, hide in the bottom of a boat, and God still found you. Ask Achan. How how his hiding from God worked. He stole the accursed thing and he hid it under his tent. 
and God still knew. What about Ananias and Sapphira? Maybe they had better luck. When they lied to the Holy Spirit of God, God knew. And I wanted to preface the message by understanding that because if you don't understand that, you might think you can get away with certain things or you can get un- fly under the radar of God. But I preface the whole message by saying that because if we're not careful, we will begin to think that God only cares about the big things in our lives, the notable things in our lives. We'll pray for a quiz or for a test. Why? Because in our minds, that is a big thing in our lives. We don't murder. We don't do drugs. You know why? Because we think those are big things in our lives. As long as I stay away from those things, I'm okay. We try to keep our language clean or, or, or submit ourselves to the rules of the school. Why? Because we don't want to get expelled and we don't want to get detention and we don't want to get demerits. We don't want to get demerits. There's an amen. I was waiting for one of them, at least. We don't want to get the marriage. We don't want to be kicked out. We want to stay in the place where God has placed us, where God has blessed us. All these things are big things. But to God, the little things are just as important. God doesn't just care about the big things. God is a God that's meticulous about the little things. And this morning, there are three valuable truths in this one passage of Scripture that I want you to think about long and hard throughout the chapel message, throughout the rest of the day, throughout the rest of this week, and throughout the rest of your lives. Here are the three truths I have for you that I want you to take away this morning. Number one, I want to look at the comparison. The comparison of verse 10. The Bible says this, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. We see a comparison. In the high school, we've been going through the book of Proverbs in our Bible class. And if you recognize the style of Jesus' teaching, it's very similar to the style of Proverbs. You see comparisons and you see contrasts. But I'd like to illustrate this comparison by asking you a very simple question. Who wants a dollar? Raise your hand if you'd want a dollar. Really? Oh, man, there's so many people to choose from. So many people to choose from. I mean, a dollar isn't worth near as much anymore as what it used to. Like this and $10 might get you a bagel or a scone at Starbucks, all right? That's, that's about how valuable this is right now. But look, look how many hands, look how many hands. You might be able to get something out of the vending machine. And this, I mean, it's, it's got a few crinkles in there, but with one of these good numbers, you could probably still get something out of the vending machine with it. You might have to do it a little bit harder than that, but, but you get the point. You want this money, all right? Put your hands down. You want this money predominantly because you didn't know that there were any other options. But what if I were to say, this is also on the table. Now, who wants the dollar bill? few of you still. Let me ask you this. Who would rather have the dollar bill than that? Wow. Wow. Some of y'all are very easy to please this morning. I'll often take notes of who that is. The dollar bill is much less valuable than a hundred. If I were to give you the option, chances are you would pick the hundred in a heartbeat. Why? Because it's more valuable. Because there's more of these than there are of those. 
But what is the Bible teaching here? He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. If you can't handle this, you won't handle that. If you can't be faithful with this, you won't be faithful with that. If you can't be just with this, if you can't be fair with this, then God says, that's all you can handle right now. Maybe I would like to give you this. And we know that God has the riches to give you this. But if you can't handle the little things, he's not ready to give you the big things. I'm saying there's a comparison here. And the person who's faithful in the little things will be faithful in the big things. Little things to you might be homework. But he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Your little things to you might be your personal morning devotions. But he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Little things might be chores around the house. But he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Little things to you might be church attendance. But he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. What's the Bible principle here? It's the faithfulness of the little things that proves you're worthy of the big things. Say, Brother Caleb, I would love the big things in my life. I would love the $100 in my life. Okay, well, how are you stewarding the little things in your life right now? If God opened up his spiritual checkbook, the Bible says that he will reward man according to his work. Matthew chapter number 25 or 26 says he'll reward man according to his work. If God pulled out his spiritual checkbook and said, okay, this last week, how did you treat everything that I've already given you? What would he be able to entrust you with? Based just on one week alone. What have you done for me this past week? Could God entrust you with the great things? Or are you still stuck on the little things? Can I also say there's a flip side to this? It's not just about faithfulness. It's also about being just. The person who is unjust. Brother Payne, I looked up that word unjust in my strongest concordance. And here's literally what it means. It literally means wicked treacherous, heathen, unrighteous. He that is heathen, he that is wicked, he that is even unrighteous, which is anything that is not righteous, in the little things is, will be unjust in the big things. What might this look like? Well, it might be cheating on a test. Sure. Just a little thing. And you got away with it. Wow. But what you didn't realize is you're being unjust in the little things. And you say, man, I'm going to hit this altar and I want God to do great things with my life and I want God to entrust me with, with all, kinds of, all kinds of success and, and riches and blessings and all these types of things. But God says, I can't even trust you with this. Cheating on a test could be one of those things. A small thing, but unjust. Lying to a parent or a teacher. Little thing. A little white lie, Brother Caleb. Oh, it's just a small little lie. But he that is unjust in the little things is also unjust in much. A bad attitude toward authority is a little thing, but it's unjust toward much. Unkind or being rude in your words. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said this, Sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. You know what he's trying to say? He's saying how you do the little things is exactly how you'll do the big things. Can I put it this way? I was told this when I was at football camp. 
I went to the Christian Midwest Boys Football Camp. I may have gotten that a little mixed up, but it was in Dwight, Illinois. Two summers, when I was in uh, 2008, 2010, they actually let us play full contact football. They suited us up in pads, helmets, you're, you're covered from head to toe. You're practicing in the morning. You're having devotions in the morning. You're having chapel in the afternoon. You're having an evening service at night. And then you're beating each other's brains out in the afternoon. It's all Christian, I guarantee you. It's a lot of fun, too. But here's what one of my coaches taught me. And it's such a valuable lesson. I've held on to it to this day. He said this. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. If you're willing to take a shortcut here, then later on when push comes to shove, you'll take a shortcut over here as well. You're willing to cheat on that math test? Maybe later on you'll cheat in your work. Cheat on your spouse. Cheat in a bigger area of life where you get into a whole lot more trouble. Why? Because how you do the little things determines how you'll do the big things. What is Jesus trying to teach here? Is it the little things? Even though it's insignificant in our eyes, it's significant in his eyes. I see, number one, the comparison. But it doesn't stop there. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. Verses 11 and 12. The Bible says this. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, Who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? We see not just a comparison, but we see a conclusion. We see a conclusion here in the form of a question. He asks a question and he says, knowing that the faithful in the little things will be faithful in the big things, know that the unjust in the little things will be unjust in the big things, then let me ask you a question. If you're not faithful in the small, physical, unrighteous mammon, then how in the world can God trust you with the true riches? You pray for things from God, and yet you mishandle the things of your physical self that God has given to you. If you can't be trusted with the physical things God has given you, you can't be trusted with the spiritual things that God wants to give you. But can I say this? Young people, God has given you so much. I want you to think about this for just a moment. God has given to you a home. Did you know that according to the numbers that I found online, the UN estimates that there is 150 million homeless children across the world as we speak right now. 150 million homeless children. You have a home. God's been good to you. Parents that love you enough to put you in, in a, and pay for a Christian school. It is estimated that only one in 12 kids in America will ever attend a quote-unquote Christian school. I would say more likely one in 100,000 attend a school like this. A school where God's word is preeminent. A place where you're getting preaching over and over and you have teachers that love you and want you to turn out for God. You are very blessed. Can I say this? God has given you a home. He's given you parents that love you enough to pay for and put you in a Christian school. You've given, he's given you the gospel. It is estimated 3.4 billion people, billion with a B, 3.4 billion people have little to no access to the gospel. That's about half the world. 
little to no access, and you have this in your lap. What am I saying? I'm saying you've been given much. The question isn't that you have something or that God hasn't blessed you with something. The question is, are you faithful in what he's given you? Are you just in what he's given you? There was a man who lived back in the mid-1900s who understood this truth very well. His name was Russell. You may have heard of Russell. Maybe you haven't. Russell was born and grew up in the backwoods of Kentucky. He became a coal miner while he was still in high school, making 50 cents per day. He would do his coal mining in the evening. He would do his high schooling during the day. And he had no electricity and running water for all of his growing up years. When he was 24, he left the coal mines and moved to Michigan where he got saved, married, and hungry for the things of God. He began tithing and giving back to God 10% of what God had given to him. That is what a tithe is. Tithe is 10%. It's a dime for every dollar. And he realized, if I'm going to give to God the way that he demands be given to him, I'm going to have to give him appropriately. But then he started giving above and beyond his tithes. At one point he was paying, he was giving 50% of what, he would, what his income was. 50%, $50 out of every hundred. As God continued to bless him, he started giving 90%. That's $900 out of 1,000 that he was giving back to God. He began tithing, giving 90% of his income and only keeping the other 10% to live off of. He inventoried his life as a steward from the smallest things up to the biggest things of his life. You'll like this. He also made it a point to live in the book of Proverbs. He looked at a man like Solomon and said, man, God bless Solomon. We just heard about, a little bit about that last night of the wisdom that he asked for from God. And God gave him far above and beyond that wisdom in riches and in fame. But he started burying himself in the book of Proverbs and tried to glean as much wisdom as he could from it. From those days forward, God blessed the stewardship of Russell and began to bless him financially to the point of making him a multimillionaire. This multimillionaire, through the riches that God gave him, was able to start over 1,300 churches. He was able to see millions of souls saved as a result of those church plants. And beyond that, he started at least seven Bible colleges, which trained young men for, and women for the ministry. One of which bears his name, Hiles Anderson College. This man's name was Russell Anderson. He just passed away earlier this year, as a matter of fact. But he learned very important truth. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He said, God, I don't have much. I don't have an education, really. I'm just a dumb boy from the sticks of Kentucky. But I read your word, and I see where it says, Give, and it shall be given unto him. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosoms. And he said, I'm going to test out that theory to see if it really works. Guess what he found out? It really works. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you want to be used of God, it starts by doing the little things now. If you want a good paying job... Start developing a skill set now. Hey, you, be, you want a godly spouse? 
Start being a godly son or daughter. Boys, you want a godly wife? Start treating your mom right. Start treating your mom with the same love and reverence and respect that you will one day show to your wife. Girls, you want a godly husband? Love your dad. Fall in love with your dad. Reverence your dad. Obey your dad in the same way that you will obey your husband one day and reverence your husband one day. I'm saying he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You want to be a Sunday school teacher? Start studying God's word now. I hope that some of you dream and imagine what God could potentially do with your life. I know whenever I was your age, I had dreams and aspirations. Can I say God has exceeded every single one of them. Everything that I wanted to do for God, he's gone far above and beyond. But one thing that I find in common with those that turn out for God, those who decide to live for God, is that somewhere along the way, they realized, I'm going to take full care of what God has given to me now. When I'm a kid, I'm going to take care of everything that God has given me as a kid. I'm going to be faithful from the smallest to the oldest. I'm going to be just from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. And he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Can I say this? Matthew 16 says this. For the Son of Man shall come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Hebrews eleven six echoes a very similar sentiment. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you being faithful in God's given you right now? I'm talking the Bible that God's given you right now, the school that God's given you right now, the friends that God's given you right now, the influence that God's given you right now. Are you using it? Are you being faithful? Because if you want to do anything for God, it starts with what you have right now. Can I say number, number, number last? We saw the comparison in verse 12, or in verse 10. We saw the conclusion in verses 11 and 12. But lastly, we see a choice. There's a choice to be made, young people. And I can't make this choice for you, and you can't make this choice for me. Verse 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The reason to be faithful in the first place comes right down to who you're serving. You see, if you are serving the devil, there's certain things he wouldn't mind. There's certain things he would go along with. There's certain things he'd be okay with. Can I give you a few? He'd be okay with sloppy work. He'd be perfectly fine. Doesn't matter how you do it. Just so you get paid. Just so you pass the class. Just so you get by. He'd be okay with sloppy work. He'd be okay with late assignments. He'd be okay with failing grades. He'd be okay with minimal effort. Those are all things that the devil would be perfectly fine with. Just because you can. But can I say this? If you're saved today, you're not serving the devil. If you're saved today, you're not serving sin. If you're saved today, you're not to be serving the flesh or the devil or the world. You know why? Because you're supposed to be serving God. And when you're serving God, you're serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what does Jesus say? about what we do 
even the little things. Turn over to Matthew chapter 25 and we'll be done. Matthew chapter number 25. Jesus taught many things. But one of the things he taught was how we treat others and how we treat what he's given us is just like we're treating it to him. Just like we're treating him that way. Matthew 25, verse 34 says this, Then shall the king, capital K, say unto them in his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we in hungered and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in? Or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. The way that you do anything ought to be done as if you're doing it to the Lord. Which means that your effort matters. Which means that your diligence matters. Your attention to detail matters. The way that you do and act and say and think anything matters. Why? Because God says, as much as you've done it unto the least of these, in the smallest areas, in the smallest things, to the smallest and least important of people, you have done it unto me. Do you see your actions that way? That every action you do is as if you're doing it to the Lord. Oh, I was rude to so-and-so. And then turned right around and said, my Jesus, I love thee. God's looking down from heaven and said, you missed it. You missed it. You can't be treating everyone else a certain way and then come and treat me some way completely different. If you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. The least of these. Can I say, young people, when you are faithful and just in the little things, it's just as if you were doing them directly to God. So I leave you with a question this morning. If you want to God to do big things in your life, are you being faithful and just in the little things he's given you right now? Say, Billy Caleb, God hasn't given me a whole lot. I'm not, I'm not an adult yet. I'm not grown up yet. Maybe some of you, I don't even have a job yet. Or some of you, I, I don't really have too many responsibilities yet. But God has given each of you something. And if you're faithful with what little he's given you, he will give you more. That's Bible. You can take that to the bank because Jesus said it. Russell Anderson, he was only one of many that's learned that lesson as a young man. And God used him the rest of his life in a great miraculous way. Young men, young ladies, be faithful in the things you have right now and watch God give you incredible things in time to come. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around.
Are you being faithful in that which is least, young people? I'm talking about the little things. It doesn't have to be the significant things. But you know what it is in your life that God wants you to be faithful in. If God can't trust you with the little things, how will he ever trust you with the big things? Some of you have a desire in your heart to serve God and to live for God. And God's waiting for you just to do the little things right, right now. Be faithful with the small things right now. Young people, this is something that you won't grow out of. This is something that continues with you every year that you live. The rest of your life, God will give you things and see what you do with them. Do you honor him with them? Are you faithful with them? Or do you squander them?